Hello, it is I, F. Christopher Blue of Modern Therapy, with my special guest today. I'll let them introduce themselves. Their name is Hove, H to the O V. I'm just playing, go ahead. Yes, please introduce yourselves because I want you to give your your website, your handle at the same time. That way people, as I don't have it on hand because I'm in an impromptu space. Yes. So we'll start with the ladies. Ladies first, according to um, Queen Latifah. Greetings, um, everyone who may tune in. My name is Kalisha Patrice. I go by Kalisha Patrice on all social media platforms. Um, I am the co-founder of Hello Black Man. Hello Black Man is a journal line that is linked to better communication for the black community. All of our journals can be found at helloblackman.com. We're also vendors on Amazon where we do have all of our journals. There are 10 unique journals for 10 different aspects of the black community. And uh, we just want you guys to follow us and get connected and tune in to the movement that we have going on. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Lo from The Go. The Go stands for Chicago. Check it out now. I host a show called Members Only Podcast, Members with a Z. So it goes like this, Members with a Z, M-O-P. All right, today we're going to talk about Black Men Matter and why they matter. Whoa, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> I'm doing too much. Earthquake. <laughs> yeah, that's Mississippi, boy. They got that. They right on the fault line. It's, it's dangerous down there. Um, black men matter. Why do black men matter? I know that we have a lot of barriers against us as black men. It's almost like society has put us underfoot, right? And we can, people say, oh, you're making excuses, you're making excuses, but there's so much evidence to support this particular stance, whether it's social, whether it's educational, whether it's vocational, whether it's the housing market, whether it's the legal matters, everything seems to be stacked against us. Lo and myself are firsthand participants of it based on our backgrounds. Though he doesn't speak on it as often as I do, you know, we have very similar pasts just in different ways. Yeah, um, I'm definitely a little bit different. I think uh, this show right here, this is my first time being on somebody's show, ladies and gentlemen. And um, it's weird to me to be the person that have to answer the questions, but I think I can answer them. Um, I'm a little controversial when it comes to this subject because I have this little saying that I got from the black man of spirit from listening to people like O'Shea Duke Jackson and fucking Kevin Samuels, Adams, whatever the fuck. All right, but um, really, I think that black women, black single mothers are one of the most violent groups of people on the earth. You said violent? Yeah, violent. Violent. Like boom, 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 think we're going to fight you? Like like, like a mom or tell a child instead of using rationality, tell a child, you finna go down here and kick his ass. You know what I'm saying? Instead mm-hmm. of using rationality. That's not good to have a punk son, but put him in some boxing classes. Let him defend himself on his own. You shouldn't preach right. violence to the men. Now what we got in Chicago, I just saw a video. My homeboy going live. He was chilling on the block down on the corner. He walked down to the corner. It's a guy laying on the ground, shot up bullet holes. You know what I'm saying? All because I feel like black women are teaching young black males the violent route some of them. 
know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they don't never say, all right, well, I'm gonna go down here and talk to the parents or go as far as I'm even call the cops. You know what I'm saying? But right. we're not gonna take it to this route to where you guys shoot back and forth, you know, or get into it. it it's just an ongoing cycle. So that's all I got to say about it. I'll I come back later. <laughs> and I'm sure that's very representative of where you come from, where I come from, or where I was raised is a little different. You know, the mothers, it wasn't necessarily violent, but they definitely had a particular way in which they raised their sons in comparison to how they raised their daughters. See, I'm from a general area that our guest is from as well. Though she came from the upper part of the state, I'm from the lower part of the state. My mom had mental, what impacted my upbringing was my mom had mental health issues that were unaddressed in my childhood. Sexual trauma from her past that was subconscious in which she treated her male child much differently than you know, she wasn't as sick, you know what I'm saying? Hey, let me, can I clear that up just a little bit, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Let me just clear that up. When I say violent, all right, so that make the sons go and fight, right? Mm-hmm. All right, without using rationale. Um, that When I say violent, I'm talking about the ass weapons that they give to the to the young boys. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the I'm ass sure. weapons that you get, the discipline that you get from your mother. She's picking up anything, shoes, fucking uh belts uh you know what i'm saying whatever she's a lot of black mothers use violence in raising their children that's what i'm saying that's why i say the most violent and i I could totally relate to that i remember one time my mom was so upset with me for something crazy oh yeah a red and white shopping center me and my friends would like to get on top and play games on top she said oh don't go up there but then i catch you up there no more oops she caught me up there she beat me so bad, and then she sodomized me with a broom. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just sick. You know what I'm saying? All because I was on top of a red and white building. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, for years, I harbored anger towards her. But, you know, mental health help, therapy, and an understanding after time that she was sick. She was just a very sick woman. Mental health and physical health is what's most needed in the black community. I say that all the time on my show when I'm doing um, news articles. I haven't been, I'm trying to veer away from doing news articles, but I'm just want to do the podcast and interview rappers, but I'm trying to veer away from doing news because I'm sick of hearing stories like what you just said. You know, that just made me, um, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth and had to swallow it back down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that was a hard pill to swallow. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly what I mean. Exactly what I mean. It all veers around to mental health, violence. That's to the extreme, you know what I'm saying? That's hella extreme. Um, she should have been in jail, I, I think, mom or not. You know what I'm saying? It's a place for people like that, you know what I'm saying, that think that, I don't know what thought that was. You know, um, what you got to say about this? Uh, I'm done. Look down. Mom, you're a mom. Tell us about your, the way you, you, rear, you rear your male children. This is sure a, wasn't like Debbie Blue. <laughs> this is a very um, common conversation between me and my my daughter. My daughter is very adamant that she feels I am much more lenient with my sons than I am with her. And um, as you stated, you know, it comes from a place of mothers 
having or wanting their sons to be different you know as a girl i know what girls do and i know the i know the horror stories out there for women so i do feel like i have pushed my daughter to be more independent to be stronger and i've probably babied my son more than i should have and um you know as far as mental health a lot of us don't realize that we want and wanted so much from our parents, but they weren't able to give us what we needed because they too were dealing with traumas, as you stated, you know, and they weren't, they didn't have all of the accessibility to get help like we have, you know, and I, I, I sincerely, you know, hate that you had to deal with what you dealt with. And it's such a common story for a lot of us. And without places like this and platforms like this to actually talk about it and get it out, we're really not able to fully heal. You know, I can't relate to, you know, my parents doing anything to that nature. I had my parents together, they were toxic, but they weren't toxic toward us as children. You know, it was just the love between them that was extremely unorthodox. The way that my mom spoke to my dad and the way that, you know, they handled conflict it was very odd. But my mom, you know, uh, I hear Blue talking about boys. My mom was not a stranger to beating our tails either. Like me and my sister, me more so than my sister, because I probably was worse. We got them beatings just like everybody else. And it didn't matter what it was. I got beat with stension cords. I got beat with hoses. If she had a shoe near her and I was doing something wrong, she'd throw that shoe at me. Uh, and so let me ask you this, Kalisha. What did that make you do? Once your mom, you know what I'm saying, you saw the violence that your mom did to you. That 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 did that make you change the way you treated your children? Um so yes and no. And I say yes and no because there is an a embedded thought within us, I think, that I'm gonna turn my phone sideways so I can be like y'all. That um some type of abuse leads to submission, right? So it's like if you don't have that authoritative um, that authoritative place in your household or with your children, then if they don't fear you, then they don't respect you. And I think I went into being a parent with that ideology. Now, as my children got older, I did more so um, listen to them and try to understand them versus being abusive because I, I can I can contest to the fact that when they were younger, I definitely if they were not acting the way that I felt like they should have acted, yes, they got a whooping. Let me say this real quick. Um the woman that I'm with, I've been with for 13 years. We got a uh 18 year old right now. And um he was very young when I first got with his mom. She never hit him. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Never did anything. And um uh, she's we're, we're older but that's that's the way the newer generation is thinking that's what i'm thinking you know what i'm saying like um even though she's older she's still with the mindset of raising a child with the newer generation like i said a boy never got hit ever that's that's good that's a good thing but i i cannot say that i did not chastise my children i did spare the rods for the child what we were taught and that's that's kind of what I did, you know, now that I'm older, I know better. And I don't necessarily with my kids, but my daughter, she's at that age where 
she challenges me. Like she'll she'll come up to me and she'll bow up with me and we'll have to go toe to toe and I have to lay these hands on them. But it's not something that I do because she's doing something wrong. You know, it's that challenging me that requires me to actually show her that I'm still mom, you're still a child. So education is something that impacts, you know what I'm saying, the rearing or the upbringing of black men. I remember when I was in school. I started education in Biloxi, Mississippi. I remember how the teachers treated black children. I remember, I guess my mind was more creative. So, you know, you just do a cutout activity. I might do a little extra, little extra pretty design, chastise because I didn't follow it to the letter. You know what I'm saying? At one point, looking at me, put, put me in remedial classes because I just couldn't adapt to a, that kind of classroom setting. Then they found out I was gifted, moved to a, a, a what they call it, a magnet school to address my giftedness, you know what I'm saying? But at the time, while I wasn't identified as gifted, more gifted, labeled as troubled, education was very punitive to me. I remember Miss Singleton. I remember the only teacher that seemed to care, and that might've just been because she saw a glimpse of hope or a glimpse of something inside was this teacher named Mrs. Bond, and she was my second grade teacher. And um, a white woman, you know what I'm saying? Maybe because I talk differently or because I articulated myself well, because I was a, an amazing writer, even at the age of seven or eight, whatever you are in first grade, second grade. But it's like my black teachers, Miss Singleton, I, I can remember this like it was yesterday, and this is like 40 years ago, um, was very punitive towards me, very punitive towards my educational approach. I remember being in high school I know I wanted to be a lawyer for some reason, mainly because maybe I saw some television program that I really admired, their, their style and their grace and the nice suits that they wore. But I remember telling my guidance counselor about this. And she indicated to me that based on my background, based on my mom and the issues she knew I had with my mom, and that I, I choose a different path, you know what I'm saying? That I shouldn't pursue being a lawyer because there's much too many more lawyers in there and I would get lost in the fray. And I think I was 14 or 15 years when that happens. And that hurt me to my heart. And, you know, I was being, you know, approached by a lot of gang members at the time to join. Mm -hmm. And that was the turning point for me to join the gang activities, 14, 15 years old, because my teacher, my guidance counselor told me that I wouldn't be able to be what I wanted to be at the time. No, that's crazy. Um, and it, when I think about that, I feel like it's black people being more more um, tougher on blacks. That's what I think. Blacks being more tougher on blacks. And that can play a part in that situation. Me too. I was flunked by a black teacher. Didn't like my attitude. Second grade, mind you. You know what I'm saying? Like second grade held back by a black teacher. Didn't like my attitude and shit. Used to always paddle me. But, you know, just stuff going on in the school. But yeah, I think it's uh, blacks being tough on blacks. Right? Mm -hmm. And that yeah. white lady, she saw something in you. Yeah. You know, maybe they were being tough on you because you were articulate. You know what I'm saying? Didn't like fit said, the mold of what they thought black boys should be. Right. Mental health and physical health. Again, with black mothers turning men into violent animals. Go ahead. Indeed. 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 I would say that, you know, you're talking about black people or the people who were who look like you 
who didn't support your dreams. I think that is so commonplace, you know, in everyday society, even in the group, you know, that we're all in, there's that the individual lady who feels like she's not getting the support that she needs. And it's like our people, we don't support until people make it, if that makes any sense. Like we're, we're sitting around as a collective and it's so many of us and we could soar to so many heights but nobody is willing to get down at the ground level and help push one another. And it's, it's crazy to me. Like, I, I don't get it. It's baffling. You know, I'm just one person and I can only support so many people. I can only push so many platforms. I can only share so many posts. You know what I'm saying? It takes a collective. And we are so quick to jump on these news posts and these celebrity posts and talk about things and say stuff that never even gets seen. But our own fellow man, we won't even do anything for one another. And it's disheartening. You know, as you were stating about um, in school, I think even in adult life, when we go into jobs and places, I feel like we work so much harder. I feel like we put forth so much more effort than everybody else. Because if we don't, we're not even seen for positions that we're already overqualified for. And even when we qualify for them, they skip over us for somebody who's not qualified for it at all. And it's just the nature of what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And how do we change it? Like, how do we get behind this? And how do we say, we're not going to tolerate this? How, how are we going to support one another every day? Like, how do we choose one individual every day to push to the top and make sure that they are seen, make sure that they are viewed, make sure that they get what they need to move to the next level because if you win and I don't, I'm still happy. <laughs> like one of us made it. Somebody gotta make it. Like what are we gonna do to help each other make it? Y'all help me out with that one because I mean I don't know. I, I saw an Instagram post. It was um taken from one of those movies, I forgot the name, Wall Street or something, in which the guy said if his friend has a I don't know, a food store, he will buy food from that store. If his friend had a car lot, he would buy his car from that place. If his friend did this or that, he would, you know, go to his friend for that. But it may cost more to go to his friend, but in the end, he's helping his friend win, so they both win. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. To me, that's how it should be, you know. And, and as far as people asking, my son has a clothing line. And um, his stuff can be found at jfern.com. All of his friends, they wear the finest Jordans and they wear all the name brand stuff. You can get a hoodie on his website any day of the week for $20. He tells me, my friends say they too high. I said, well, tell them don't wear it then. <laughs> if $20 is too much for them to invest in you as their friend, they're not your friend. Well, let me let me say this real quick. Going back to what you were saying about the support, somebody has to be the person that starts that support, and then others may figure it out. That's the way to go. So you know, are you saying that maybe we should all look at somebody's stuff for just one day? Everybody have a look at this. You know? I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Drop somebody's stuff in there. Everybody in here, hey, let's comment, let's like, let's share it to our pages. Whatever it takes, you know, to get visibility for people. Like, it's not that hard. Social media is one, you one click away from a million people seeing 
what you have to offer. Yeah, the table got four legs. You know, it can't stand up without the four legs. So, you know, everybody got to do something. Facts. I agree. Indeed. Indeed. I agree. What else you got, Blue? <laughs> when it comes to earnings, black men earn less than white men and women. I know in my job, you know, we're not supposed to talk about who makes what or what the next person makes. Don't ever show your offer letter, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you work, you, you talk to people, you, you have the right people in your circle. You're going to know what you know. I notice great disparities in pay across the board. The answer to that, I've already figured out the answer, is why serve the master that we served three to 400 years ago? Shit, 150 years ago. Let's be honest, right? Um, versus working for each it, other. Man. But I've worked for black people and been treated the same way or 10 times worse. That's because of the blindness, man. You know, like like that teacher put the blindness on you. No, you shouldn't be an attorney. You should be a whatever. A con, man. You know? All right. So uh, it's like this. We only do certain things. When I look at the black business, what are the what are the black business doing? Provide services. You know, either have a store or you know, a barbershop, restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. We gotta take I've I've felt like this forever. We gotta take what we do that we strong in. They say all y'all do is play basketball. Well fuck we about to start that everybody play basketball. You know what I'm saying? We gonna we got to take the gifts that God gave us. We like to do restaurants. Everybody try to get a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Everybody try to get a barbershop. Everybody, we just got to do it. But uh, take the blinders yeah. off. Take the blinders off and go go to different places. You know, go do something else. Let's open a gas station. Let's open a McDonald's. Yeah, got to magnify our talents. I'm with you on that. Because like you say, we are leading athletic professions like it's us we are the ones who are in the forefront of all of it why nobody got their own team none of us why are we not owning our teams why we're not bringing all of those proceeds back to us so that we can excel like somebody has got to, got to know that by now. Do it. i am seeing a somebody got to see that knowledge by now somebody i'm seeing a slight that. uptick in that you know kanye somebody got a school LeBron uh, got a school that addresses um excellence. Ti, you know, he got that housing development he's doing down there in his old neighborhood. I think that's more to offset that case he got regarding those sexual charges. But you know, distraction is a it's a key in success, right? Yeah. But still, though, I mean, I I live in a neighborhood. I live in an area where, you know, a lot of you know, I'm from I'm in Durham, so Chapel Hill's right there, State's right there. We have a lot of school. You know, a lot of people. You know, they go to NBA, come from this general area, mm -hmm. and then they come back and they put money in it. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan hasn't done nothing with housing or anything like that, but he does have a lot of businesses related to cars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we have so many homeless people in Durham County. I mean, just like anywhere anywhere else, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But it seems like we have an extra, extra <laughs> homeless. But we, and then gentrification is really hitting this area really, really hard. They're basically replacing durham housing authority with gentrified suburbs and things like that it's like our population is getting bigger regarding homeless but the housing market that helps them or subsidizes them is getting much much smaller 
I know if I won the lottery today, and I know everybody say what they will do and they end up not doing what they did, but I know for sure there's a properties I've been looking at that I would turn into. I don't know if y'all seen this on the internet or not, but like tiny, tiny houses, they run like mm-hmm. fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. I would just mm-hmm. make like a small village of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like those. It takes somebody to do that. You know, somebody got to get that idea to somebody that can do that, like LeBron, you know, or because when you look at even a young dog, he owned a hundred properties, bought a property every birthday for his children. He just brought the property. You know what I'm saying? Say, hey, I just brought you this. This your gift, a house. We're going to move somebody in here. We're going to collect the rent, whatever. We're going to sell it, whatever. But, you know, um, like men like him, that's what's coming up right about now. Pretty soon we'll have our own team. We got to get trainers in there. We got to get coaches in there. You know what I'm saying? We got to get the whole side. But, needs to but the fighting. zoom out, when we try to do that, let's say that Ice Cube um, basketball league, the three-on-three, it's like the powers that be said, no, 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 no. We choking the shit out of you. We cutting off your water. And they go in there and they make sure that those things don't pop off. Well, of course. But it's still happening slowly but surely. Sure. Like I said, pretty soon a black guy will be majority owner in a team. Or a corporate. I wanted to be a, a, a whole new team in Mississippi. <laughs> Created. <laughs> Created from the ground up. Let's build that thing. Nobody able to touch it. But like you say, I do. I fear, you know, for people who try to make change and try to move a certain way. It just seems like it's drowned out or somebody get killed or hurt. It's crazy. I don't, I don't like it. It makes you afraid. In America, we have the largest prison population. I mean, of all countries, even the most civilized and the uncivilized one. I recently saw a YouTube video. I think it was in Sweden. They they got murderers that's able to walk out into free society and go to school and get educations. It was, and they were doing so well. They weren't trying to kill nobody anymore or anything. They were just doing what they needed to do to be better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the answer. That's the huh? answer right there. That's the answer. You know, it, it, it's it's Kamala Harris and it's Joe Biden. It, it's Donald Trump and it's the rest of them. We know we got the most concentrated group of black men in the prison system. We're going to put them back out with no education. This should be a plumbing uh, trade in every fucking prison, bro. It should be traded. Indeed, indeed. And then not only that, you know, they have so many strikes against us when we do reintegrate into society. Oh, you can't get food stamps. You can't get housing. I'm not saying you need these things to get to the next level, but you might need a little support, a little, you know, support before you, you know, you get to where you want to get. Well, of course, man, but I'm, it's about the politicians. You know, let's start at the state level, get those guys out of office. You know, let's then go on. But everybody's working for their own benefit. We're minority in this country. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, it just don't work. And then when you look at places like Chicago, where we congested at, uh, Philadelphia, the murder rate is up. And it's like we control those districts. Like, why the hell? You know what I'm saying? What's going on? It's all about politics, man. Nobody wants to. Somebody going to have to do it. Like, it's, it's going to always boil down to somebody's going to have to stand up and do it. Obama didn't do it. You know, Kamala Harris is on a milk carton right now. Nobody's seen her, her, her. 
this is the worst administration ever. I agree. I agree. Everybody thought this was going to be the saving grace. It's a spit in your face. Kamala talking black this, black that. And then she get on, you don't hear a peep from her. Now she wants to be deemed Asian. What? Yeah, I hadn't heard anything about the <laughs> the presidential administration. Like when Trump was in there, like my news feed stayed popping. Like every day, Trump is Trump that nobody is saying nothing on my timeline about Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or none of these. Are they doing very controversial things? Want to do what? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars to those that were disenfranchised from their children on the Mexican border. I think it's two fifty. Here we are. You know what I'm saying? been asking for reparations or something for the last, I don't know, 150 something years. We don't get shit. They pay millions and billions, no, billions of dollars to the Holocaust victims. What the hell do we have to do with that debt? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they pay billions of dollars to Israel. Is it Israel? To Israel every year. No, I mean, I'm not saying nothing against Africa because it's important. They send billion dollars to Africa for HIV, you know, or so they say. So they say. Big part. A lot of corrupt Africans out there, you know. <laughs> Human beings, period. And you know, these things we could control to some degree. We could vote. We're the less, we're the least voting population, probably. And we might say, "Oh, my one vote don't count." Yeah, that's the point. Your one vote probably doesn't count, but as a collective, our vote could count. And it got to start with the states. Right, right. The counties. With the, mayor. the counties, the states. Because the thing that impact you the most is your county. Mm -hmm. yep. But the thing yep. that we control the most that really is fucking us up in the game is that black men, life expectancy is nothing in comparison to everyone else. We don't go to the doctor like we're supposed to. We don't address our mental health issues, our physical issues like we're supposed to. And we die. We and die. Because a lot of us can't afford it. Healthcare, healthcare is such a sham. Like everything that we have here in this country is set up for us to fail. And that's yeah. fair. And that's fair. But there are things we could do. We could eat better. We could do that. But even that, mm -hmm. you you could pay four dollars for a cheeseburger with some French fries and a coke. And four dollars? You mean eight ninety nine? Stop, girl. No, no, four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can, for four for four dollars you can get a cheeseburger. Oh, Wendy's four for four. Okay. <laughs> McDonald's has it as well, and Burger King has a derivation of it. But here's the thing: how much for a salad? How much for some healthy? Oh, food? it's always at least two, twice or three times more. You know, it's it's like I said. But even with up. the salad, we put that dressing on it. Ooh, that we done messed up. We done made it a whopper. Made it. You might as well got you a whopper. <laughs> I wanted to buy a fruit bowl a couple of weeks ago. Went to the store; they were so expensive. I was like, oh. I had to buy a small container of fruit just to satisfy. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's it's really not an excuse for it. some people. Like you know, here where we are in Mississippi, we have land galore. All of my family have air land, and when I was growing up, the people worked the land. We had farms. We had a, a pond that was full of fish. We had cows. We had chickens. We had horses. And as the older generation died out, the younger generation sold it, you know? So it's like, it's a catch 22. Like we're defeating our own selves in so many ways. 
imagine if they had to continue to work the land and continue to provide for all of the people who were in the community because my granddad my great-granddad he literally he formed for everybody on the land so we always had food thanksgiving and stuff like that we weren't going to no stores we were so far away from the stores like what is it a store you know so we're defeating ourselves in a lot of ways because we could be growing a lot of the things from airland for those of us who have it but for those of you all who are in the cities and things like that i don't know how that works for you as far as growing food and being able to be self-sufficient that's the thing see they didn't get it they didn't get them the farmer's aid to help them out to help them grow they didn't give them the farmer's aid they didn't give them the assistance that they get these uh people out here in iowa you know what i'm saying they don't they don't do that so it's that's that's the way it is Mm-hmm. Without, without, why would the young generation want to keep on living like that? They can just sell it and buy their technology because they're not getting the technology. They're not getting new tractors with GPS systems on them. You know what I'm saying? They're feeling happy to be a farmer. This is so fair. it's just easier to sell a farm and go move to the city, get your apartment. You know? It sucks. I wish go I had the capability. Go to the store. <laughs> to the yeah. store. Right. Didn't know what that was <laughs> right. for a very long time. No country has. No country. Yeah, listen, people don't understand how country and poor we really were. Like my grandmother, literally, when I was getting ready to start grade school, she didn't have indoor plumbing. Like we used to have to go outside to use the outhouse is what we called it. So, trust me, I've seen the trenches <laughs> and those days seemed better we we seemed happier when we had nothing and as we progressed and people started getting money and stopped forming land we started fighting we stopped gathering as a family like money tore apart my family more than anything in this world has ever and i can say that with all sincerity everybody was worried about what she got what he got and how they get this where they get that from like, yeah, that's you know, but that's the way America is, and it's the same way for the white folks, but they don't have to fight for the scraps. That's the way it is. It's the same way for them, but they don't have to fight for the scraps. So they can build a business, you know, it's easier for them to get credit. Every everybody can build a business so un um so unaffected, like Asians can come into this country, Mexicans come, can, can come into this country, build and get loans and get things that we are not privy to, mm-hmm. based solely on the color of our skin. And that's, that's just, man, this, this world is This not- brand new restaurant that just opened up in my town, owned by a black man. It's a breakfast, breakfast restaurant. So I make it my purpose to go there once a week it's grits nobody else sells grits you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i make it a purpose to go to that black man's establishment and spend money because it's right in my area that's other black men with restaurants and things like that um they're not in my area so i don't go to them as much mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm gonna get to the point about the mexicans when they come in they can start off man you know how much money they make doing roofs tax-free mm-hmm. it's easy for them to you know they make a lot of money doing them rooks. It's easy for them to get that job. You know, you don't need no ID, none of that. Then they can work, you know, um, within their community. Their community, mm-hmm. uh, their community spends money with them. 
And it's mm-hmm. hard because they speak the same language. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's another issue. We lost our language, so we lost our, our community. You know? mm-hmm. That's so true. That's so true and so deep that a lot of people don't even understand it, you know, because I think that that was something that really connected us. And once we did lose that, I think we lost all central grounds to where we came from, you know. And, and that's another thing about us healing as a community, as a people. We can't fully heal because we don't even know who we are. We don't even know where we came from, you know. We, we Now we have this big debate, you know, I'm, I'm on social media a lot. They're talking about we're not Africans. We're not from Africa. We were natives. We were already here. I can't even, I can't process that. Like, I can't even start to even think about that because, like, now I'm mad. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Are they but talking does that theory Africa? make sense? Huh? Does that theory make sense? Does a theory make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'm in a place where everything potentially can make sense. You know, there's a potential that, because think about when the world first started. Think about the, every all the land was together, right? Supposedly, and all the land split apart. Yes, it's very possible that we could have been natives here before the people even went over to get the Africans that they were getting. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. My great grandmother was Indian. She right. was very Indian, the most Indian woman I've ever seen in my life. So, technically. The man that she married was supposed to be an African. He was supposed to be a real African and spoke in African dialect. So I don't know who the heck I am, <laughs> you know? So there are not only medical issues I may have, you know, there are things that I can't address mentally because I don't have any um, ancestry. I don't know where I come from. And I've talked to my, I've talked to my, this is a funny story, crazy story, because talking about where we come from. Just recently, I found out that my, I'm trying to tell the story quickly, <laughs> but my grandmother, my grandmother's father disowned her when she was a baby or before she was born because my great grandmother, which is my grandmother's, y'all, I'm sorry, this camera got my face looking real cute or whatever, <laughs> but my great grandmother was cheating on her husband with my grandmother's father and once she found out that she was pregnant he decided that he didn't want anything to do with my grandmother or my great-grandmother so my grandmother was raised by a completely different man from her mother's husband like she ended up the husband ended up leaving her and the two children that she already had and i'm just flabbergasted i'm like what are you saying to me? This is my history. My grandmother was a flusy. My grandfather, he ended up getting killed by his mistress's husband. Who am I? I don't want this history. I just want a normal history. I just want to be like, oh, happy-go-lucky. My grandmother had a white picket fence and my grandfather owned dogs. Like, no, it's not that at all. So here I am trying to figure out who I am trying to conduct a healthy mental life with trying to raise healthy mental children and i don't have a clue where i come from and it's hard and i think that so often we dismiss our past not realizing how much effect it has on our everyday life you know and when you ask me listen i want to ask you something too you said that your wife girlfriend old lady baby mama boo thing 
whatever she may be, never hit her son. How has that worked out? Like, how does that look now? Like, how old is he? And do you think that he will move forward with the same mentality as he had? Uh, he's a pretty good boy. He graduated, did all what he's supposed to do. Um, got into some trouble, of course, then in the black community. Got into some trouble, but uh, like he, like he, he doesn't do like crazy nonsense or nothing like that. Very calm demeanor. You know, uh, pretty cool. What I find is that physical discipline of children is so reminiscent of slavery that I myself said, fuck that, I'm not doing it. Especially, it might have just been because of the abuse that I experienced as a child that is very reminiscent of slavery. I mean, just when we take a belt and you're striking a child, that's like a whip, you know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. take an extension cord and you're striking a child, it's like a whip. Mm -hmm. When you take a broom and you sodomize your child, it's like a, the master, um, emasculating the black man, the king, right? You know what I'm saying? We'll go to a brief commercial and we'll be right back with a summary. And we're back. Any last words? Um, I want both of you guys to be on Hello Black Man. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I think that you all have a lot to offer. Um, I enjoy getting to know people's stories and I enjoy talking and being in spaces with people who have so much to offer. So I want to thank you first and foremost for having me. Um, any of you all who are watching, I want to give the same opportunity that I gave um, Low from the Ghost viewers. You guys comment, let us know that you're watching and we will give you an opportunity to get a journal. Low, I don't know if anybody ever DM'd oh. you. Let I gotta promote it. You know what I'm saying? We gotta keep okay. promoting. We gotta keep promoting. Okay. I'm gonna post I requested it to, a journal. Where's my journal? <laughs> I, you gotta send me your address and your t-shirt size. So thank you guys. Um, Blue, good luck. We appreciate you. Low, of course, you know, I'm here. We're gonna figure out how to get these platforms out in front of everybody. This has been fun. All right. Low, what you got? Uh, it's been fun for me as well. All right, so um, here's my thing. Mental health need to be provided out of state. Kamala Harris is in office. She knows just as well as me that mental health and physical health is an important item that we need in the black community. Sure. All right. As far as um, what happened to you, Mr. Blue, very tragic, very sad. You're still dealing with it. It's crazy. You know, I've never been through situations. I've been through um get beat up by my mom and shit but not like that you know um i can remember a story of me and my homeboys my homeboy took his mama car and uh we rode around with him and when we pulled up back to the block our, all three of our moms were sitting on the porch talking they ran up of course the, the mom of the, the person who took the car she got the beating the hell out of him then the, the person in the passenger see this mom got the beating the hell out of him I got out the car, stood next to my mom. We just watched them do that. Like, what the hell? Did she beat him for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just violence, man. You know, and he, what, what he do with that violence? He went and took it out on somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the thing that I, I want to get across. I don't hate black women. I've been with a black woman for 
14 years now. You know what I'm saying? Shit. So, like, I can't do that if I hate a black woman. You know what I'm saying? I've only been with black white women's skin turned me off. You know what I'm saying? So, I can only be with a black woman or a woman of color. You know what I'm saying? It's just not just me personally, not you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they don't they don't understand my attitude. Some black women are turning that way now. You know they don't understand the, the blunt smoking and the fucking act, the drinking on Saturdays and all of that. You know, but uh, watch my show, man. It's called Members Only Podcast. Um, I also interview young rappers. It's called Fast and Furious Interviews. I also have a show with uh, my co-host Rose Williams. It's called Nothing But the Truth. Mini Cash. You can all you can find that. On YouTube, on Facebook, we have our own personal groups for these particular um, podcasts and mini-casts. We have groups for this. You can join in. You can drop us a story that we need to talk about or whatever. I just want to say peace, man. All right. And that concludes another episode of the More Than Therapy podcast, available on all streaming podcasts. And if you have Spotify, you get an extra special treat. So subscribe on on um, Spotify. Be well, be great.